Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number three of Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to be reading verses 3 and 4. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And I'll stop reading there. Now, last time we saw that the beast is a picture of Satan, and the woman is that great city, Babylon. Verse 5 of Revelation 17 tells us that, and it says there upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great. And she is sitting upon the scarlet-colored beast. Now, uh, before we discuss um, how it is that she's sitting upon the beast, and in the Bible, to sit means to rule. Uh, first, let's talk about the scarlet color. The beast is said to be a scarlet-colored beast. And we find the color scarlet in the Gospel account, in Matthew chapter 27, when the Lord Jesus is a prisoner and about to go to the cross, and it says in Matthew 27 and verse 28, And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And here we we see that the Roman soldiers, in putting a scarlet robe on the Lord Jesus, as well as the crown of thorns and, and, and the uh, reed to act as a scepter in his right hand, that they were um, clothing him or dressing him as a king. Of course, it was a a mockery. God tells us that. They mocked him. It was making light of uh, the fact that Jesus was king of the Jews, that he is king of kings, and and, uh, they were Romans. They they had the real king. They had Caesar. And, And so this was amusing to them, and they mocked him. But the scarlet color robe identifies with royalty. It identifies with that which a king would wear. And we find that the beast is clothed in scarlet color. And we're not surprised by that because, again, the beast typifies Satan. And Satan 
rules as a king, or did rule as a king, over the nations of the world. Throughout the earth's history since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. It, remember, man had been given dominion over this world, over the animals, over everything on the earth. But once Satan deceived Eve and Adam, and they disobeyed God, and they believed the lie, and through the lie, their their sinful uh, action of believing the lie and not believing the word of God, they were killed spiritually, and they became subservient to Satan. Satan took the dominion over man and therefore over this world. And all the kingdoms that would develop, well, all the kingdoms come forth from Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve were subject to Satan. Therefore, all the kingdoms of the world, as Satan said to the Lord Jesus during the the time when uh, Christ was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness, he showed him all the glory of the kingdoms of the world and, and said that he would give them to the Lord if the Lord bowed down to him. And of course, um, that did not happen and could never happen. But it indicates Satan's authority over the nations of the world. And as the beast, we read concerning Satan in Revelation 13, In verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and crowns are what kings wear, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, by the way, the the beast coming up out of the sea uh, is pointing to the beginning of the Great Tribulation. It It is uh, indicating the end of the period of Satan's binding, and therefore the end of the Sixth Kingdom, as Revelation chapter 17, the chapter we're in, we'll go on to discuss this. And the beginning of the seventh kingdom, the seventh and final kingdom of the rule of Satan. And that's why it's interesting in Revelation 13 too, that it says the dragon gave him his power and his seat. And the word for seat is also identified with throne which kings sit upon the royal throne, and great authority. And we wonder, well, why would the dragon give the beast this power and seat and authority? We know it's all um, a result of God loosing him and God allowing this to happen for Satan to to um, take greater um, rule over the churches and over the world at the time of the end. But the dragon, who is Satan, is, in a sense, making way for the final period of kingship or the final kingdom of Satan on the earth, which will be during that little season. It's like one king 
is um, acknowledging the entrance of the next king. And, uh, and of course, they're all Satan, but it's interesting how God speaks of that there. And, and so the beast is scarlet colored because scarlet is a color that identifies with kings. And in, in verse 4 of Revelation 17, we, we read of the woman's clothing. And it says, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. So the woman likewise is clothed. She's arrayed in scarlet. And we know, well, that's royal, um, clothing as, as they put it on a scarlet robe on the Lord Jesus. But she's also said to be arrayed in purple. And when we look up purple, we find that this too, this color also is identified with that which a king would wear. In the book of Esther, we see in Esther chapter 8 and verse 15, it says, And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel. Now, Mordecai himself wasn't a king. He was lifted up to second-in-command under King Ahasuerus, but he was clothed like a king. He was wearing royal apparel of blue and white and with a great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. So purple is what... Uh, kings wear also. And, and the woman is clothed in scarlet and purple. Both types of clothing that royal individuals wear that a king would wear. And, and, and so we, again, uh, in trying to identify the woman, we know she's Babylon. But who does Babylon represent? Babylon it, due to this clothing that she's wearing, we would say it is representative of a king. Uh, the woman is of royal blood. That's that we can say for sure. And when we we search the Bible, well, we find in Revelation chapter 18, the very similar language uh, to the woman here in verse seven in chapter 17. In Revelation 18 and verse 16, and the entire chapter is describing the fall of Babylon, and we've learned that the fall of Babylon relates to the fall of Satan's kingdom, all those kingdoms that that he ruled over through the right of conquest when uh, he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. Well, uh Babylon finally falls at the end of the Great Tribulation, the end of his seventh and final kingdom or period of rule. Satan is deposed. Mankind comes under the judgment of God. That is the fall of Babylon. And God, in describing this in Revelation chapter 18, says in verse 15, the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, 
weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, just as the woman uh, back in Revelation 17 was clothed in, in those things, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Now that's uh, a very similar in Revelation 17, 4. Again, the woman arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. So Babylon is uh, clothed with royal clothing and decked with precious stones and gold and silver. Now, when we go back to the Old Testament, we find a very um, interesting chapter in Ezekiel chapter 28, where God is describing or talking about the prince of Tyrus, and he uses some language. We, we won't get into this at this time. He uses some language that identifies with Babylon, or um, the language God uses of Babylon in other places also fits this language that is spoken of the prince of Tyrus or the king of Tyrus. And we read in verse 12 of Ezekiel 28, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. And that's ten precious stones that would point to the completeness of of uh, this beautiful covering that uh, the king of Tyrus enjoyed. And it goes on to say, The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Now, uh, God, of course, uh, writes the Bible this way. He hides truth. And here he's speaking of a created being, a, a being, a creature that was in the Garden of Eden and was perfect as God created everything, good and perfect, no sin of any kind, and and was perfect until iniquity was found in him. And And when we read the account of the Garden of Eden, we do not find the church in view, we do not find Israel in view. This is way before any corporate body was established by God. No, this was just man and God, Adam and Eve and God and the animals and 
uh, Satan, we know, was in the garden because he entered as the serpent. So our options for uh, determining now who is God referring to in Ezekiel 28 are either mankind, Adam and Eve, and who would represent all men, or Satan, the fallen angel, or the animals. We can rule out the animals because uh, they they certainly did not enjoy this this um, covering of all these precious stones, and there's no way God would refer to the animals as the anointed cherub. The animals are uh, wonderful creatures, but they do not hold that special place in God's creation. They're uh, created to serve mankind. But the fact that God speaks of the king of Tyrus as being in the Garden of Eden... And he was perfect until he sinned. It, it, there is only two options now. It's either man or Satan. But it is mankind that was created after the image of God, after his likeness. And God likens himself to cherubims in the Holy of Holies. There was the cherubims that extended their wings above the Ark of the Covenant. And those cherubims typified God himself, that mankind must uh, go through the wrath of God in order to uh, experience grace and salvation. Of course, God's elect, who are part of mankind, are able to do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is typified by cherubim, plural, and man, who's in the image of God, is called the anointed cherub, singular. And why would God refer to himself as plural? Because he's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so he uh, he likens himself to the cherubim. Mankind is the anointed cherub. And God speaks of him as being covered with every precious stone. Now, um, when we see this woman, again in Revelation 17.4, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, so she is of royal descent, she's of royal blood, she's a king. Likewise, mankind created in the image of God the king of kings, is also uh, of royal descent. And and God even speaks of the unsaved people, um, more particularly in the churches, as kings of the earth. God recognizes their royal nature because they are human beings created after his likeness. And and so Babylon, who pictures the kingdom of Satan from the very beginning of uh, its existence in the fall, uh, at uh, at the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, Babylon, mankind, the unsaved people within the kingdom of Satan are clothed in purple and scarlet, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. 
they're, they're that anointed cherub that had, uh, all these things as their covering. All right. Well, uh, but, but still that doesn't answer the question of why the woman is sitting upon the scarlet colored beast. Who is Satan? Satan, we know, rules over man since mankind's fall into sin and, and man serves Satan as well as sin since that point. Satan was the man of sin and took his seat in the temple, ruling over the churches. Why is the woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast? Why in verse 9? It says, The seven heads are seven mountains of the beast on which the woman sitteth. Well, uh, you know, it, it really can be perplexing un, until we look at verse 7 of Revelation 17. And there it says, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. So that's a different matter that the beast is carrying her. That's why she's upon the beast, because the beast is carrying her along. And it's this word, carrieth, the, um, the, the Greek word, that is very helpful to us, that uh, really shows us exactly what's in view here. If we turn to Acts 21, we'll see that this same Greek word um, that's translated as carrieth in Revelation 17, 7, is translated as born, B-O-R-N-E, in Acts 21. And I'll read from verse 33 uh, through verse 35. And this is when the Apostle Paul is uh, speaking out before the Jews, and they are furious at him because they think he's brought a Gentile into the temple, and the Romans have to come and rescue him. And it says in Acts 21, verse 33, Then the chief captain came near, and took him, and commanded him to be bound with two chains, and demanded who he was, and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. Now let's get this image uh, clear in our minds. First of all, the chief captain bound Paul with two chains. Then he was carried into the castle, born, uh, as it says, of the soldiers. So the soldiers had him on their shoulders or however they were carrying him, but they were lifting up Paul from the crowd, and and he was above them. He could have been seated on them, but look at the picture here that God is drawing. This is not a voluntary uh, lifting up. Of, or it's not Paul's idea. He's forced. Uh, the, the soldiers have chained him. 
they have forcefully lifted him up and they're carrying him into the castle whether he wants to go or not. That he is a captive of the Romans until they can figure out what all the tumult's about. And that is the answer of the woman, mankind, because what does the Bible tell us concerning man's relationship to Satan? Well, we read in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, um, I'll, I'll read verse 25 to uh, go into verse 26, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Well, there is the true condition of mankind, captives to sin and to Satan born, carried by Satan, according to the will of Satan. Satan takes man, and man goes along, because he has no option, he has no choice, he's a prisoner, since uh, he, he has fallen into sin, and God gave up man. Uh, at that point, God ended the connection between himself and mankind, when man spiritually died, it's only salvation that establishes and reconnects the individual to God. Well, uh, I, I hope that explains why it is that the woman is sitting upon the scarlet-colored beast. Because the beast carries her forth. Or the woman, the unsaved people of the earth, are born. They They are carried forcefully against their will or with their will, it doesn't matter, by Satan. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.